Good afternoon and welcome along to uh, NUFC Matters, a special edition because we weren't going to have a shorter day, we're going to have a day off, but uh, after we saw the fallout on social media last night, we had a bit of a chat and thought, yeah, we, we better do one because uh, I think everybody needs a little bit of therapy after their uh, after their Sunday dinner today and uh, the question really is, you know, all about Steve Bruce. And uh, we've stuck a little thing up on our Facebook page. If you join NUFC Matters Facebook page, Daz came up with the idea last night um, of asking, you know, what would you do in Steve Bruce's position? You've got five games to go, you know, you've got five games to save your managerial career at Newcastle. What would you do? So if you want to interact on the Facebook page, join the Facebook page and uh, we'll read a few of those comments out later. As always, we'll have everybody on in the chat and we will stick your comments up on screen and see where we go. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's almost 20 hours since the uh, the game uh, finished, Chris. Um, how are you feeling after that about Steve Bruce at Newcastle United? There's been a big call on social media for him to lose his job. Um, are you one of those who feels that way? Yeah, I think it's inevitable. Uh, I don't think it'll happen uh, in a week or two. I I say if if Newcastle's in the danger zone headed into the festive period, you know, like the, let's say mid December, Christmas time, then uh, he could face a sack. But I think the, the question is, we we need to have clarity from Mike Ashley needs to have clarity on whether he's going to be able to sell the club before he he gets rid of. Uh, um, uh, gets rid of Bruce because who are you going to bring in in the interim? Uh, you're not going to be able to hire the next manager, you know, post takeover to replace Bruce. So there have, there have to be some sort of stopgap, and would that stopgap person be able to keep Newcastle up? So that's that's my that's my question. Unclear. Okay, Neil Strager says, has anybody actually mentioned the players have to take some responsibility as well? I don't see anyone saying that. It's all directed at Bruce. You just can't blame it all 100% on the manager. That was the line that Alan Shearer took on Match of the Day last night when he was commenting after the highlights, or should I say the lowlights. And um, he essentially said that the players have to take the blame as well as Steve Bruce. It's the first time I've heard him really be critical of Bruce over the last few weeks. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's certainly something which we'll have to take into consideration. Andre, um, good afternoon. I mean, you've, got, you've got the stats, you've got the stats, Andre, as always. Uh, I did find this one on uh, Match of the Day rather interesting. Uh, this is our formation on average for every game this season. And uh, as you can see, nobody in the attack zone. Um, and I think Chris mentioned it before we came on air. It's, it's a bit like watching a schoolboys game. Everyone just crowded in the middle and, uh, you know, nobody, any idea of, of how to go forward. And it's just, it's just a mess. It's like schoolboys football. But I think you've been reading uh, the Athletic article and you've got some um, some interesting stats to share with us. Yes. Uh, hi to everyone. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think this is w what you showed actually is the issue with Newcastle these days because the, the points and uh, after nine games, let's say it's acceptable and it's more or less what we, we expected. 
And uh, even the position in the table, it's what we expected. Like the average position since Mike Ashley took over in Newcastle, average position in the Premier League for Newcastle is 13th. So basically what we see today, it's pretty much in line with what's been happening for 13 years. But what's happening on the pitch is actually alarming. And I think that uh, there needs to be a change. I think it, uh, Bruce has to go because he Newcastle today has no shape, has no style. I don't think any of us can explain what what type of football actually Newcastle are playing these days. Like they're defending very deep and they're not a good counter-attacking side. So basically, and, and they play some long balls. So they sit very deep and they play they play long balls and nothing's happening on the pitch. And it's very, very painful to watch. And the statistics that I came across, as you know, football is pretty scientific these days. And a lot of people do a lot of analysis. Great job by the Athletic. And uh, I think Tom Warville is the, is the chief analyst there. Like Newcastle these days are uh, bottom in the table for, for shots, like eight shots per game. Bottom uh, 19th in the table on shots on target. Ball possession in the final third, 29%. Basically, Newcastle don't keep the ball in front of the uh, goal of the opposition. And we see this when we watch the game. 29% is the, is the lowest in the league. Last season, Newcastle were 19th. Only Norwich was worse in this, uh, in this department. Basically, another, uh, another very telling stat it's uh, Newcastle allowed the opposition to pass the ball 21 times before they attempt a tackle or interception, which is the worst in the Premier League for the past five years and worst in Europe this season. And finally, I was looking at the fact that last season, at least Newcastle was a good counter-attacking side with Almiron and San Maximum having uh, some very good games. And last season, Newcastle were third in speed of counter-attack. It's measured like meters per second. This season, there is a decline also in this department. Newcastle dropped from, from third last season to 12th this season. So basically, whatever worked last season is getting worse. And whatever didn't work last season is not working this season. And I think that Bruce already had like um, one and a half years. And he couldn't actually work with the team for 18 months. I think that if, um, if there is anyone in Newcastle with responsibility, and Lee Charlie is the director and he's paid good money to take decisions, I think they need to take a decision now. Uh, because it will be too late, like, like when they brought Rafa in and McQuarran stood until March, we all, we all know what happened. So they need to take the decision now. Otherwise, I think that uh, we'll be in deep, deep trouble come the second half of the season. Yeah, another interesting uh, stat that I picked up, and uh, this has probably done the rounds before, but uh, it's Steve Bruce's managerial career. Sheffield United, 11 months, won 40%, resigned. Huddersfield, 17 months, won 37.9%, sacked. Wigan, two months, won 37.5%, resigned. Crystal Palace, five months, won 61.1%, resigned. Birmingham City, six years, promoted, relegated, promoted, won win rate 37%, resigned. Wigan, 18 months, won 33.8%, resigned. I think did win the FA Cup then. Sunderland, two years, six months, won 20, win rate was 29.6%, sacked. Hull City, four years, two months, promoted, FA Cup runners-up, relegated, promoted, won 40.85%, resigned. Aston Villa, two years, won 45.1%, sacked. Sheffield Wednesday, five months, 38.9%, resigned. Newcastle, the one we're all really concerned about, and look at that percentage. Uh, one, uh, one year, five months, win rate, 33.3%, and that really is only lower um than what well the Wigan the Wigan 18 months was 33.8 Newcastle 33.3 and then going a little bit further up Huddersfield 
Wow. Only Sunderland betters it. <laughs> Only Sunderland betters it, which is probably um, no surprise to our viewers. So yeah, not great, Andre. Not great at all. Does you've got uh, you've gone with your your green screen there, mate? And it's um, okay. let let's let's see what it says. There we go. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the message is clear. Yeah, that's that's Bruce my thought. Yeah, yeah, you're not. You're wearing your heart on your sleeve as Chris moves uh, to the other side of his screen to make sure he's not under the badge. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, look, tell tell us, you know, tell us, tell us how you feel, Daz, after yesterday. Yeah, look, I'm, I, I look at it's not just after yesterday, Steve. To tell you the truth, the truth, like, um, I, I only saw part bits of the, the match yesterday, and I'm probably glad I, glad I, that's all I saw really. Um, it's just, I think this, my, my piece here might turn into a bit of a Steve Hasty run, so I apologise in advance. Look, at, we can't do anything about yesterday, and I, I knew we were going to get beaten by Chelsea. I think everyone did, but uh, this is not about just yesterday's game. It's about this last year and and even before he even came in and i didn't want him there in the first place but look at we are where we are uh what, what can we do about it and i'm going to launch into to the next five games uh and what you mentioned about the the, the facebook page uh idea look he has to switch the system now um and plan for the next five games we're, we have to play palace villa west brom leeds and fulham and in between the the west brom and the leeds game there's two days and in between the leeds and the fulham game there's three days uh he has to go switch the system as i said and i think he should go with the 4-3-3 and and, and start with, with he's going to have to manage the players as well because there's going to be a, need, need to be a bit of a rotation uh gone is that that five at the back now that that day is gone we, we had difficult games these games are winnable. He's not going to get 15 points. That's what he should be targeting, but he's not going to get get them. Uh, he should be aiming for something like 10, 12 points. If he doesn't get 10 points, actually get rid of him. Uh, then uh, look, we've got players coming back as well. We've got we've got uh, Fraser and, and, and Wilson coming back potentially for the next game. We've got Gale and Dubravka as well. So we can mix things a, a, about, rotate it, make keep it fresh. Uh, also, I want to see us um, attack attack from from the start. Not none of this sitting back. Uh, use use Carroll uh, to come on for the last 15, 20 minutes if we required. If we go if we go with the four three three and we and we go one nil down, switch it, switch it up to four four two and and go go with two strikers then uh oh I, and if you play shit in one game you're off i don't care who you are if you say maximum or anyone you're off and and you get someone else fight for your place uh then uh i mentioned that the games that we're gonna have to switch it up because the games are close together bring in youth i haven't seen elliot and uh, anderson play but i hear good things about him put him on the bench but then oh, uh, blow them. If let's say we are, if we do go two and a up in one game, give him, give him some game time. Then by the end of those five games, uh, run he, he could maybe start a game. And even if all if the worst came to the worst and we 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 lost all those five games, at least we have something of it. We've blooded a, a youth player and we've given them a chance. And uh, that's my rant over for now, Steve. Very good run, mate. Very good run. All good points. Uh, well made. And uh, lots of comments coming in. Uh, we'll just stick them on the screen as we go to Pete. Uh, Pete obviously sat with us and uh, covered the game yesterday afternoon. Um, what was your what's your views on the Bruce situation? As always, uh, you know, plenty to say on uh, social media, our support. And um, a lot of it was uh, Bruce out. And that was the uh, that was the trending hashtag in Newcastle last night. Um, and deservedly so. Um, I, I think. Look, I think fans have uh, have had enough. Newcastle fans have had enough of seeing the same um, unentertaining, boring football um, uh, week after week after week, win, lose or draw. We've just had enough of it. And look, 
I'm 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 not I'm never really one to sort of get on managers' backs or players' backs. You know, when they're on the pitch or when it's game time, you get behind them and you want us to get the three points. But I think we've just had enough and we can see we can already foresee what's gonna happen as this, as the season's gonna go on. And obviously Andre's already um put some stats out there which prove that we're really only going in one direction at the moment. And we have to we have to stop that negative flow. And I believe it. The, the first and foremost, um, it starts with the manager. I know the players are to blame to a certain extent, and and our club legend last night made it made it very very clear that some of the players are not doing what they should be doing. Um, and I completely agree with that. But it but it always starts with the manager. The manager is the leader of the club of the dressing room. He decides who plays. He decides what system we play. He decides how we play. He is he's he's the focal point, so he needs to take the ultimate responsibility. Um, so you know we we like I say we're going in one direction right now, um, and it needs to change. We need to be far more attacking. It, it, we we need to, in my opinion, we need to play three across the midfield. We need to start um, really blocking out that mid, midfield now and getting possession and getting on the ball because we just give possession away so easily. I mean, we talked about it yesterday. Um, you know, when we had that two banks of four, all it took was one pass from Chelsea. They didn't have to do, they didn't have to show their their abilities. Ziyech didn't have to show his 40, 50 million or however much he, they paid for him quality. It was one pass. Anyone could have played that pass on the pitch and it broke through five or six players every single time. That's not good enough. It's not good enough. And even when, even when we did defend and we got the ball out, we played so deep that they had the absolute pick of the ball before they then came in and attacked again. It was just it was just a boring, uninspiring performance. And you look at the players. I mean, we've talked about um, Miguel Miron and how unhappy he looks. But you look at them all. Tip Maximin hasn't been as active on social media recently, hasn't been interactive as much with the players because, let's face it, he's probably not happy right now and he looks like it on the pitch. Um, you know, Hayden, fair enough, he comes out and talks and sort of leads the dressing room. But even then, he doesn't look happy on the pitch. None of them do. And why is that? Because they're playing football that they don't want to play. They're playing football that's so uninspiring. As a professional footballer, if you've got anything about you, right, you would be wanting to get out right now. You'd be doing anything to get out of this club. Not because you dislike the club, not just not because you dislike the city, but because you dislike the style of football you're playing and you don't see your career going in the direction that you want it to. And you know what? I don't blame them. I do not blame them. One iota. So it, the book stops with Bruce. Um, 100%. And honestly, if he doesn't win against Palace, there should be serious questions at the top of this club, right, going on Friday night saying, what direction are we going in? What's happening right now? And there should be serious questions. I know people are saying he won't get sacked, he won't get sacked, blah, blah, blah. But honestly, we've got five games now up until Christmas that we could be winning. Every single one of them, they are winnable games, right? If we don't win at least three of those five games, we're in serious trouble going into the second half of the season. We should be on le at least 20 points, okay, at least 20 points going into the new year. If we're not, it is not acceptable. And we are going to be right in the thick of a relegation battle, more than we ever have before in the last four years. 
lots of great points coming in. Life goals going uh, going a little bit uh, uh, going a bit crazy. Yeah, with the suggestion of Andy Carroll becoming manager. Well, I mean, he, he's no centre forward at the moment, that's for certain. And uh, saying he comes in as a as a manager and, and basically retires as a player when January comes. I'm, I'm not sure that would be greeted with uh, open arms. But uh, we've all got suggestions. We've all got opinions. Nathan, what is yours? Yeah, I think I think as Pete said, those, those games, the run of games that we've got coming up to coming up to Christmas, there some really winnable games in there. Um, you know, like Palace are, are playing well at the moment. They've got a lot of sort of tools and they could hurt us with. I feel like coming into next week, I felt we might be we might we're going to come unstuck again next week. I, I don't see they are winnable games, but I don't see in in the way that we're playing at the moment. I don't see us getting any points at all from from some of those games. To be honest with you, because if we play like we did do last week, this week, or the week, or the um, previous week before the international break, then we simply don't have anything at all to suggest that, that there's any points coming from anywhere at the moment. And that's and that's literally how how grim it is. I think um, yesterday um, it, it shows the the amount the, the character of Bruce in in the the way that he makes excuses. Um, obviously, we've we've all raised that you know he makes excuses time and time again. But he was saying yesterday he said um, that. Straight after the game, when you play that kind of system that we played, you're always you're always going to get pushed back, and you're always going to get um, you know your space limited, and, you, and you're going to be limited in opportunities. Um, but what we're forgetting is that he, he's saying that, but he's the one who picks that system. He's the one who chose that system. So you can't then blame that system for for the you know the shortcomings in your performance. Um, but yeah, I think to be honest, if you look at the so far, not and if you look beyond this season. If you look at 2020 as a whole, we've there's been 27 Premier League games in the whole of 2020, and um, we've won seven of them, and that's just that's that's not good enough, is it? That's you know that's that's relegation form really, um, and and the manner in which we go down, it's not as if I could I could I could sit by and watch if we were perhaps you know like playing well and uh, and really giving these games a go, but end, ending ending up not coming away with the result. Look at the way Leeds are playing; they they throw everything in the kitchen sink at. At these games, and they've and they've taken some hardings this season. But the way that they're playing, they're going to win games by just being that that positive and being that attacking. And and that's something that you know, I'm not saying I'd want us to play free flowing football and, and go down. But what's the alternative at the at the minute? We're not playing any type of football. There's no there's no identity to this to the way we're playing. There's no sort of uh, any sort of style or anything that you can that you can kind of ident- identify with. I thought yesterday. Um, I think what Bruce says to the media, you know, I think people were saying yesterday that BT Sport had had us down as a three four three, but the reality is that's just being overly optimistic. It's a it's a flat it's a flat back five. Um, we're not playing a back five in the way that a lot of these other sort of more well rounded footballing teams play a back five with you know with three at the back and wing backs that are pushing on and, and actually doing things. The way that we play is it's a flat back five almost because the wing backs are pushed back so much. Our centre halves look, look really flat footed yesterday. Um, I thought they were second to everything. Um, for the first goal, Fernandez, who's, who's usually a good performer for me, he was he was just caught in no man's land, wasn't he? He was caught with his with his with his back away from goal, facing the goal, and he, he just got himself in a mess. And that was similar to the to the first goal that we conceded at Southampton. It was it was uh, the the defender. I can't remember who it was now, but he was just caught in a really bad position with his you know facing goal. Um, as I said, our wing backs are pushed so far back that they just—they're not wing backs anymore. They're just—they're just a right back and a left back. Um, I did say again that that our centre midfield would be a crucial part to 
the performance yesterday and we were overrun and outclassed massively in centre midfield yesterday, um, and which is disappointing because Longstaff and, and Hayden, when they want to, they've got a game in them. We've seen Hayden pull out performances that have that could rival any like any sort of defensive box to box midfielder in the league sometimes when he wants to, but that wasn't there yesterday. Um, our wingers are redundant; they don't, they don't, they're not really involved. Um, save for a few a few runs from Saint Maximum yesterday, where he where he managed to do a few bits, but uh, they ultimately came to nothing because of poor decision making. And time and time again, our, whoever's whoever it appears to be that's playing up front for us is just completely isolated. They're completely out of the picture. They're not in the game at all. Um, and I think the reason that we've got away with it so, at times this season is purely down to Callum Wilson's sort of instinct and and intelligence when it comes to running the line because he, he manages to create some opportunities for himself out of literally nothing. Um, I think the, the few times that he he has had chances, luckily that he's a, he's a really good finisher and he, he tends to put them away, but his chances are few and far between in every single game. I think under Rafa, when we had this sort of similar system um, of, of having three at the back and, and, and wing backs, it was... We always looked like we had, could do something on the counter attack. We, as, as Andre said, we always used to break really quickly. We'd get forward and we'd and we'd create an opportunity and we'd, ca- we'd catch teams out. Because and that's because we utilised the, the wingers that we had. We had Perez and uh, and Almiron who would, you know, who would run that ball at the pitch for us and, and get it to Rondon, who was you know he was certain he was going to score for us. Um, but it seems like we're playing a similar formation, but without any of that forward in, forward threat at all. So it just seems really. I don't know where we go from here, really, other than a change in manager. I can't see any other any other way forward. Um, I think that most, if if it was any other team, if there wasn't all this, I don't know if this takeover stuff going on in the background is hindering us in a way that it's making the people at the top not want to make decisions, and and they're all there's a sort of paralysis at that, to that top level that's stopping them from making those those decisions. Because I think that if it was uh, you know, an owner that was in for the long haul and that was looking at growing this team and building it, then Bruce wouldn't be manager. Yeah, Rafa Benitez is God. I think he sent me these uh, on um, on Twitter earlier on. It's five losses at home in the last seven home games. We only scored one goal in open play in the last five games. Seven points down on the same fixtures as last season. Bottom three, four points since behind closed doors. Not a good sign, Samantha and uh, Surprisingly, this season, no comparisons between Steve Bruce and Rafa. Well, there's no comparison to me. I mean, it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. And he came out yesterday, you know, I read certain bits and pieces, and he said there was a, a lot to like about our second half performance. And I was thinking, Jesus, was I in a paralysis from the first half and somehow missed it? And I just thought, you know what? Kendall tweeted it yesterday. He is stealing a living. He's getting absolutely no crap because nobody's in the stadium and there's lockdown and people can't be out protesting. And then he can just, you know, chalk everything else off as keyboard warriors. The football is pathetic. Yes, the players do need to shoulder some responsibility because ultimately they're well played and they're supposed to be passionate about this sport. And they don't look in any way happy. I thought Alan Shearer's comment on Lascelles yesterday was, you know, shots fired for the first time at the captain, which we've been talking about more and more week on week. You know, what is he bringing? And the fact that, you know, we are so unbalanced as a team, the fact that it it appears that he is screaming at our midfield to come back and support, 
how many players do you need defending? Give yourself a shake and take some bloody responsibility because we're never going to get up the pitch if the captain is telling people to come back and help them do their job. They're supposed to be Premier League footballers. They're always out of position. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. You look at that graphic that you showed, and I see Jamal Lewis getting absolutely hammered on Twitter. And it's really pissing me off because I'm a Northern Ireland fan. And I actually think he's a good defender. But you look at that balance of our, our squad and how we're set up to the right. I mean, what, what chance does the guy have? If I'm a manager and I'm watching matches of ours, I said it on Twitter yesterday, I would absolutely target us down the left because St Maximum's not coming back. He's not tracking back. And Lewis is just being left. Now, he's a young player that's still improving. But look at that setup. And that's game after game after game that he just can't set us up in a way that isn't easy for other teams to exploit. And that's defensively. We're playing this 3-4-3, You know, anyone plays wherever they want. But it's not effective. We can't defend. And if somebody was to say to me, how do you fix it? Well, I struggle because it comes down to coaching. And I've heard a lot of rumours about what Steve Bruce actually does on the coaching field, and it doesn't seem like a lot. So for me, if he wants to keep his job, which I don't think he deserves, but he's not sure how to change things with who he has and his coaching staff, then he needs to get somebody else in that's going to give him a glimmer of tactical awareness um, of how the game is at the minute because that group, maybe they're too close to it, maybe they're devoid of ideas, it's not working. And if he loves the club and wants the job, then he needs to take a really good hard look at the setup that he's got and decide if it's right or if he needs to go and ask for some more help because we're the, we're the worst team by far uh, in terms of football. You know, you can throw all the stats out there and you can maybe give an honourable honourable mention to West Brom and Fulham. But they just came up and they're still finding their feet. Whereas we are not, and we're not in transition. It's not a project. We could be saying it's a project in three years, but there's a real chance that we will start to drift. And the frustration for me, and I, I'd love to know how Steve Briss feels about it, is when you look at the next five games, which ones of those does he think are winnable? Because I I would ultimately say Fulham and West Brom because they're promoted teams. I don't see us getting anything against Palace because they're set up better. They know how to defend, although it frustrates their fans. But they have Zaha. They have those one or two players that really turn up. Apart from Callum Wilson in our attack, nobody else is really turning up. St Maximum has been awful. He's been really poor verging on pathetic as well he's not talking on social media so there's you know he's not putting the shift in Almiron Bruce has an issue with he came on yesterday he looked like one of the most lively players you know there's there's lots of problems there and I I, I just don't see how he's going to fix them Rafa talked about the short blanket I mean it's a baby's blanket at the minute because nobody's doing their job and Unless the, the one thing he he needs to do is somehow defensively tighten us up because I can see us getting a couple more hide-ins. Um, but I don't think I don't think Mike Ashley's gonna fire him. 
I, ju I just don't see it unless we go into the bottom three and it looks more so like the the players he's lost the players I think someone put a comment up saying um Fernandez wouldn't take the captain's armband when Lascelles went off I didn't see that but if that's the case that's real signs of trouble yeah, and talking about our rivals, uh, Fulham have managed to claw another goal back after just missing a penalty. So uh, it's currently Fulham 2, Everton 3. Uh, Everton uh, were, were way ahead there, 3-1 up and uh, cruising, but uh, Fulham making a fight of it. And it's something which we don't see Newcastle do, Al-Walid, which is the reason we're having this show today. Newcastle, direct of ideas, uh, seem clueless with tactics. Uh, the, the map that I showed from BBC's match of the day last night is uh, clear to see that the players are all just huddled together in the middle and no idea what they're doing. It's uh, it's not great. And um, I suppose my two questions to you would be, you know, do you feel as a Newcastle fan that Steve Bruce should be either resigning or sacked? And how do you think PIF will, will, will be viewing this? Because potentially they could be taking Newcastle United over and, you know, they will be having one look on this and thinking, you know, are the teams secure in the Premier League? Um, I think it's a, it's a, it is one more month, maybe, and coming month, things will be changed. It's uh, depend on the results and a few next games. Uh, actually, I, I really want to look uh, okay. at Mike Ashley's face expression when when he hear uh, Andre's stats. Bring him up. Uh, and I want to ask him, uh, I want to ask him, are you happy with this? Um, because uh, as I see, we saw yesterday, nothing new regarding Steve Bruce. Uh, very expectable to other managers because basically he do nothing. Uh, I noticed the team do better when he's when when they score, which is rarely. But when they score, they do better usually. So uh, I don't know why we didn't see uh, we didn't we didn't see proper attacking. And Steve Bruce should know that if he attack and and try to score. But this is the problem. We didn't see that they try to score at the first game. We noticed other teams. We always lately uh, we concede early goal, which this is a big question. Why is that? Uh, since we have five at the back, for example, as we see. Um, we have St. Maximin, good player, Almeiron, Fraser, Wilson. He, 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 must, he must put them all together. Uh, if you have no tactic, okay, fine. Just play it simple. Put the best, uh, post, uh, put the best player in the field, and that's it. Um, I think any, uh, after one month, the, the picture will become more clear. And uh, if you please, can you just repeat the second question regarding PIF? Yeah, PIF. I mean, what would you say they would they must be feeling? Because, you know, if you're looking to buy a football club in England, we, we, we know now that they're still very much at the table. Um, it's all in the hands of lawyers, QCs, solicitors, Mike Ashley, uh, fans consortium are all doing their best, all batting on the same side, as we would say in the UK. Um, um, it, all looks, it all looks very promising, but PIF must have concerns, I would say, because if this team, you know, does continue in this form, then they will slip. I think Rafa, the Rafa post there earlier on was, you know, we could be 15th if Leeds get something today. And, you know, Newcastle then fall into the bottom three if they don't get points from the next five games. Will PIF still... You know, still value the club at you know three hundred and twenty million or whatever it is. 
uh, I'm assumed he, they are worried, uh, very worried. But uh, I think maybe uh, the consortium, and in conclusion, the consortium, I think they talked to Mike Ashley, and they have, they have, uh, they have agenda regarding the co- regarding coach. I, I suppose in my mind, I think was, uh, Mike Ashley said, let's see uh, next uh, coming three or four games, we will decide then. And I think they are, and, uh, of course, and he have to protect uh, his assist. Uh, I think uh, they have. Uh, uh maybe uh hidden talk with so with the next manager maybe I, and you just to take the take the lead after uh, after they sack uh, Bruce because they they have to think about who's who's coming Rafa Benitez is uh, is obviously somebody who has got a great association with the club and, uh, you know, talked about the project, you know, has an affinity with the supporters. Of course, he was brought in uh, too late um, when he first came to the club and, uh, you know, ultimately was, was the overseer of a Newcastle relegation, but got us back up at the first time of asking. Um, Chris, um, managerial prospect if Steve Bruce does go and we need to be realistic here because we have to look at the takeover situation um you know who are we, who are we going to be able to bring in um if the takeover is still dragging on um if Newcastle's Newcastle's players are you know you know looking for somebody for inspiration who who do you think we're going to bring in I, I'm not I'm not in the Eddie Howe fan club here I don't think I don't I don't see that being a good selection he's coming off the back of a relegation um you need somebody who can inspire the supporters um, albeit whilst they're outside of the ground, but you also need somebody who's going to, you know, inspire the players. Somebody who can come in, coach, keep the, you know, get the players focused, get the players performing, and get the points to keep us in the Premier League. Yeah, I, I, I don't think even if Rafa Benitez is uh, Stavely's number one choice for a post post takeover hire, he's not going to come in uh, after Bruce if there's no takeover yet. So I would look for somebody like. Uh, Claudio Ranieri, you know, mm-hmm. so like a, a veteran, old, proven, you know, proven manager. Unlike Steve Bruce is a veteran, old, un, you know, proven manager just gets sacked everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I would look for somebody like Ranieri to be like the interim holdover um, un, un, until there's clarity on the takeover. And then, you know, if there's no clarity on the takeover by the end of the year, then they could hire a more permanent manager. But, um yeah, if 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 Steve Bruce gets the sack, someone like Ranieri, um, I I I don't I don't think it will be. Um, oh God, uh, drawing the drawing the blank on the on the other manager. Um, yeah, I I I don't see any English managers coming in uh, to to replace Bruce. Um, so yes, someone like Ranieri. What do you think about Bruce's comments about the supporters and the uh, the fallout that he's had with Almiron's agent, which of course dragged on last night with Rojas coming back out and having a pop at Steve Bruce? Um, you know that kind of thing is isn't helpful, I'm sure either. But um, yeah, what what's your views on on you know you know the the fact that there'll always be grumbles, which is what he said last night. If if there's anything that could, that could be worse than Steve Bruce as a manager, it's how he deals with public relations. I think he's. He's he's shambles and how how to deal with the media. Uh, he, you know, he's self-serving. You know, always gonna gonna cover his ass. But um, you know, it's it's never his fault. It's always a work in progress. And all those 
all, all those cliches that he wants to use instead of say like it's not me, it's the players, it's you know, it's it's never his fault. Well, look at his look at his his record. I mean, it it speaks for itself. Put it that. Okay, Andre. Same questions to you. Um, you know, who do you bring in short term if there's no takeover? And you know, is there anybody likely to want the job? I remember speaking to Supermark a few weeks back, and he said, "Yeah, you know, plenty of managers would want to take it. You never know where it could lead." Um, and you know, what what do you make about his comments to the support? You know, about the support as grumbling. You know, there's always grumbles, and he's fallout with with um, Almiron's agent. Well, I think that. Personally, I like Eddie Howe, and I think Eddie Howe is a good option. Um, but as you mentioned, he just got relegated, so I don't know if uh, this will be a straightforward pick. But honestly, the, the, the thing is that there are people whose job is exactly this one. Yeah, me and you are not paid to do this. While Lee Charlie gets a very, very good salary or wage per week in order to take decisions like this. And uh, what I'm optimistic about is that four years ago, when Newcastle were actually in the worst position uh, table-wise and points-wise, they brought in Rafa Benitez, who at the time was the previous Real Madrid manager, and they managed to attract him to Newcastle. So I think that Ashley can be a very, very good negotiator when, when the target is identified and he needs to go there and actually sell him the club and sell him the job. Similarly, he attracted Kevin Keegan back in 2008. So I think that if they identify the right profile, Ashley can bring him to Newcastle because everybody knows that Newcastle is a great, great uh, place to be. It's a club with huge potential and Rafa Benitez found this out and I guess this is why he took the job. If they could bring Rafa Benitez after Real Madrid to Newcastle, I believe that they can bring many people. And I think that, you know, I don't know the full football landscape. Of course, it's not my job. But see, Southampton brought Ralph Hasenhutel from Germany. For the last one year, Southampton in isolation, when you take the November to November standing, Southampton are third or fourth in the Premier League. And they are one of the best pressing sites in the Premier League. So out of the window goes the question that only the big boys can fight. And if you find a good manager, you, you, you build a good team. Marcelo Bielsa, Leeds managed to attract Marcelo Bielsa, who's a kind of a, one of the, he's the mentor of Pep Guardiola in, in terms of ma management and coaching. So Bielsa spent already more than two years in Leeds building a terrific, terrific playing site. Uh, Dean Smith, when he was at Brentford, like Brentford were known as the entertainers in the championship. Aston Villa actually identified him, took him to replace Steve Bruce, by the way, and you see what Dean Smith is doing in terms of style at Aston Villa. I'm not a big fan of Aston Villa, but they destroyed Liverpool with seven goals playing terrific football. So I think that the people in charge, they need to know the football landscape. They need to identify the right person out there. And they shouldn't limit themselves to the names that are usually mentioned. I'm sure there are great young uh, coaches in Spain, in Germany, even in England in the lower divisions. They need to find the right profile and bring him to the club. But uh, things cannot uh, go on the way they, they are today. And for the second question, look, Steve Bruce, I think he's kind of bitter since the start because he was not well accepted by the fans and, uh, you know, as somebody mentioned, he wasn't first choice. He was like seven, seven for eight choice. Yeah, I know that Mikel Arteta turned Newcastle down. Patrick Vieira turned Newcastle down. Some our dice came out and said they, they approached me, but I turned them down. So <laughs> basically, Steve Bruce knew that he was not accepted very well from the start. And he has this sort of bitterness, I would say. And at times when things are not going well, he kind of, you know, takes, uh, takes it against the fence. 
Generally, I liked Steve Bruce as a, as a guy. He seems like a very, very nice, nice guy uh, outside of football and his job. And honestly, I wish him all the best in, in life and in, 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 in the future. But I don't think that he's, uh, he's the man to take Newcastle forward and uh, he, needs, he needs to go. A lot of suggestions. Lee Clark is one. Um, you know, local lad Steve Harper's on the on the books at the club, of course. Peter Ramage is there. I've got to be honest. I would I would put a lot of them in charge and, and maybe get them to work it between them and, and rather than have Steve Bruce at this current moment in time. Daz, uh, your your views um on, on those questions that I've asked uh, the lads, obviously talking just a little bit about Bruce's comments about the supporters and um you know he's some of his some of his PR, which Chris has quite rightly said, is it is, is is laughable at times and cringeworthy as, as a Newcastle fan. Um, you know, making excuses about Chelsea uh, going on TV before the game yesterday and more or less, you know, saying we're up against it, we'll have got a chance. I mean, you know, that kind of thing can't can't you know rub off on the players in a positive manner, can it? No, and like just I just again watch watch before I come on the 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 five minute match of the day highlights and yeah, I, I could just imagine him when he's shaking to uh, shaking hands with uh, Frank Lambert at the start saying. Congratulations! Uh, just leave it at two and nil first. We'd be happy with that uh, before the game even starts. But uh, just who who we actually br- uh, bring in? I don't have any one name. I, I I don't have faith in in Lee Charney to go out and and find the next whiz kid manager that could bring some change it all up and bring something special to Newcastle. Uh, this this is assuming that that we, we the, there's no takeover at the moment. Of we are who we are now. Um, I think I'm sick of the the nice guy. Steve Bruce is a nice guy, but. You can't be a nice guy and be a football manager. You have to be a bit ruthless as well. Uh, could, um, we need someone that, that's hungry, and I mean hungry for success, not anything else. And uh, I think for for let me see if I was going to bring in someone someone realistic, like you could say you can round list off loads of managers that are that are available, like the like the Pochettino or whatever. But you're not going to get them where we are now with the situation we're in. I'm thinking someone that will give give the players a good kick up the hole if they need it. Someone like Nigel Pearson, like he's been there before at Newcastle. Look, he's not my favorite manager or anything like that, but someone that's going to lay into them and and get them performing. Like it's it's it's. We need something now. We need some spark. We we uh like we, we play the difficult teams. These 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 are games that are potentially winnable. We need someone. That, he, I know Ashley is going to change it. We need something to to kickstart us now. Yeah, I mean, lots of suggestions coming in. We've seen the, a few of the same old faces and names over the last few weeks. League Clark's getting a few. Pardew, uh, Stephen Gerrard, Pearson's been mentioned. Pochettino would be great after the takeover, says, uh, says uh, Steve. Uh, Stu says Michael O'Neill, ex-Newcastle player. Uh, a lot of people say Gerrard, but I mean, again, uh, you know, Colin Wilson's right. It is, a, it is a hot potato, Pete, and um, not really something that, uh, you know, not something that somebody would really want unless they were, especially under under. Mike Ashley, but yeah, but we're talking about Steve Bruce today. Um, his comments, you know, essentially about the fans and about the team, etc. What What do you make of his whole demeanour when he's talking to the press and and, and the cameras? I'll be honest, I don't listen to them because they're just the same the same comments every week, um, and they're boring. Um, so honestly, when the game when the game finishes, I switch it off. I have no interest in what he has to say. I have no interest in the comments that he makes because it's all a load of rubbish. Um, it's all to it, it's all to basically just play everything down. That's what he wants to do. He wants to play everything down because ultimately he wants to stay in this job as long as possible. He will scratch and claw and do whatever he can to stay in this job for as long as he possibly can. The reason being. 
he will never get another Premier League job. This is his last Premier League job and he knows it. He knows he's so fortunate to be a Premier League manager right now that he will do whatever he can to stay in the job. Um, so he will do and he'll say anything he possibly can to, to get pundits and all the rest of it and, and people on side to keep him in a job. He knows for a fact, if, we, if the fans were in the stadium, if we were going to the stadium every single week, he'd have been out by now. Because we would have we would have protested so much that Mike Ashley would have had to react. He would have been gone. It's as simple as that. So, you know, I don't care what he says. I have no interest in what he says, whether we win, lose or draw, because it's the same rubbish. It's already We've already had Newcastle fans on social media come out. And some of the comments that he said, he said that he said those same comments at every other club he's been at. So he, he literally regurgitates the same comments and the same things for the same situations that he's been in. It's as if he's got a notebook and he just writes it down and he just he, he says, oh, OK, what comment, what comment should I say today? Um, based on what 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 result we get, and, it, and it's all planned. It's just it, it's, it's a joke. So I don't I don't I don't listen to anything that he's got to say. Um, uh, going on to um, who I would have in instead of Bruce, um, I think uh, Andre made a really good point uh, on both sides of things. You you wouldn't want to just stick to one particular manager. There are lots of managers out there, and the issue is is that the managers that we would want to consider. Who would want to come and who would want to come and work for Mike Ashley? Who would want to come and work with Lee Charney? They've seen in the media, okay, how they treat the club, how they treat their previous managers, how um, the managers are just left to get on with it, um, how they're not backed in the transfer window that they're literally given players rather than being able to to sign. I mean, Andre talked about um, Hassan Hutel. He's a fantastic manager. He would have never come to us. He would, he would, he would go to Brighton, Southampton, Bournemouth. He'd go to all those teams that are considered lesser, smaller clubs than us. Way before he chose Newcastle, why? Because he wouldn't want to work under Mike Ashley. He wouldn't want to work under those restrictions for for a, a chunk of his managerial career. Because if you're coming into a club, you want to know that you're buying your players. That you, you, you're selecting the players that you want for your team to play your style. You don't want to be given a Joe Linton at forty million, who, who's a bag of, a, a bag of rocks. You don't, you don't want, you don't want a player like that coming, uh, coming into your club when he doesn't fit into your style whatsoever. So for me, right now, there's only one choice to take over this club. Um, some have already said they disagree with it. Um, you've said yourself, Steve, you don't particularly rate him. But Eddie Howe, for me, is the only one that can come in right now in this predicament, in this situation, and make our team better. Um, we can talk about, uh, you know, the fact that you got relegated. Fair enough. I, I don't think that's an issue, personally. I think he he completed his cycle at Bournemouth. I think a lot of the players, um, particularly in defence, had, had, um, had got a little bit too old um, and a little bit past their best. And I think it was um, highlighted. Uh, I think him coming in at Newcastle would certainly get the likes of Wilson and Fraser and one or two others um, excited again. Why? Because he plays attacking football. And that's what we're lacking right now. We're lacking an, att an attacking mentality. We're not conceding massive, massive, massive amounts of goals like your Fulham's and your and your uh, Sheffield United's or whatever. We're not conceding huge amount of goals. We're just lacking an attacking uh, emphasis, 
and he would bring that to us. And he's already worked with the likes of Wilson and Fraser. I mean, I don't think there'd be an issue with with him working with Fraser personally, but he's he's already got experience working with those guys. He knows their strengths. He knows how to get them playing. And I don't think it would take him very long to get us actually playing attacking football. Now, you throw in Miggy Amir on. You throw in set Maximum into that attacking mentality. And you've got goals in that team. And you've already seen under Eddie Howe in previous seasons that he's beat some of the better teams in the Premier League playing that attacking style. And he's beat some of the lower teams playing that attacking style. But he hasn't had he hasn't had the, the, the ammunition that we've got in our squad. And I'll go back to the point. There were no excuses. We've got the players to cause teams a lot of problems. The problem is, is the manager. The manager doesn't know how to put this system and this squad of players together to make it effective. For me, Eddie Howe is the one that could do that, whether it's on a short-term contract or not. If it's till the end of the season and seeing how this takeover pans out, so be it. We're not talking about four or five-year plan. We're talking about him coming in and impacting the club um, and, and really stamping his authority down to, to get us up the table and get us playing good football and winning games. You know, he would be hungry to come into us right now. It'd be the biggest club that he's ever managed. He'd be hungry to really kickstart his career again because it took a little bit of a bump with him getting relegated. Um, but he, for me, it's a no-brainer. Get him in now while we can and get him in in a position where we've got four or five winnable games where he could get us and really hit the ground running. It's the perfect opportunity to make the change right now. Well, good points, Pete. As always, you're looking as laid back as uh, ASM did yesterday, mate. I know it's Sunday night yesterday. I'm chilling out. It's, it's a chilling Sunday. out there. It's a Sunday. Look, it's my, it's my chill day. I've got to enjoy Ex- it. Excellent, mate. Newworkwear.com, specialists in the supply and brand and clothing for the workplace are our sponsors for this month, and uh, they appear for the StreamYard application. And a uh, big thank you to them. And also a big thanks to qtechshop.co.uk. Uh, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Newcastle. And uh, they also make our NewcastleLegends.com uh, T-shirts. Anywhere see matters T-shirts. Get them from NewcastleLegends.com. And uh, the cups as well, which, of course, Daz is modelling, uh, as always. $9.99 for those. And um, we also have the uh, calendar, which we are doing for the food bank. Uh, get that from NewcastleLegends.com as well. They're all, uh, all proceeds going to the food bank from them. And... Uh, Tomorrow night, we will be announcing the winner of the NUFC Matters. Liam Kennedy joined the Dots t-shirt. It's currently, I think, at £75. If you just get onto my Twitter, at Steve Wraith, it's pinned at the top. Just place your bid underneath. And again, all the money from that is going to the food bank. Um, Samantha, and sorry, Nathan, over to you, mate. Um, just want to, you know, a lot of suggestions there for manager. You'll have seen them coming up on the screen. What did you make of Pete's uh, you know, views on, on Eddie Howe? For me, I would prefer... Rafa to come back. I prefer Mike Ashley to give complete control to Rafa. Uh, I'd like to think that the potential new buyers would speak to uh, Mike Ashley and they're obviously in communication throughout this whole proceed and, and try and get Rafa to come back, give him complete control and let him do the job. But, you know, Eddie Howe is Pete's suggestion and he's, he's put a pretty good case forward for Eddie Howe, to be fair. Yeah, I think as far as Rafa's concerned, I can't see him... You know, even if there was any sort of dialogue between current owners and, and potential new owners, I can't see Rafa coming back under this uh, under this regime. Even if there was that promise of complete control, because I think for, I think from Rafa's point of view, there was always that the re- the reason he ever stayed on with us, you know, after after the first season, and, and it, it will have been because there was talks of a takeover happening, and he he would have stayed 
um, on a promise of you know there being a better a better future in in better owners. I, I would assume. I think that I think that was probably part of of his decision. I don't think he'd take the job now um, with a view to there being a potential takeover because we've seen the all the ups and downs that have been played out in public around this takeover and. None of us really know if it's ever going to happen, or you know, there's, there's going to be um, even more bumps in the road. Um, I would I would assume before anything never gets signed off. So I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's. Although I would love him to come back, I don't think he, he would ever take that job at, at this moment in time, given that even given that complete control. I think you look at for me, the managers fall into like sort of three distinct categories of where we're, where we're at right now. We've got the sort of dream managers that we've all talked about, like Pochettino. Rafa coming back, those types of managers that would only be sort of really achievable if um, if and, and when a takeover goes through. Um, it, it does seem sort of baffling that that Pochettino is still out of a job. I think that probably maybe speaks to the fact that maybe consortium have been in touch. Who knows? I think, or maybe he's waiting for that Man United job. Who knows about that one? But there's those kind of managers like you look at it. What, the manager I really like the look of was Kike Setien that was at um, that was at Barcelona. I think what he did before he was at Barcelona when he was at, at Betis, he he transformed them into a into a really good side in, in his I think he was a three three maybe four years. Um, but yeah, I think those are the types of managers that we'd only look at if if a, if a takeover goes through. I think the next group of managers you've got is like a is the kind of stopgap managers that, that people have mentioned, like the, the the likes of Nigel Pearson, that kind of thing. I don't think that's I don't think he's a terrible shout. I'd rather have Nigel Pearson in right now than Steve Bruce. Um absolutely I think he'd give all those players a rocket up their arse. I thought I think he was really unfortunate to get sacked in his last job. I think it and, and you know and they, they ended up going down as a result of it. So I think he would be a great choice if we were to make a, a sort of knee jerk change now to to see us through to the end of the season and to see us through into what we would hope would be some sort of resolution on the takeover. Um, I, I would have thought he, he would have probably been have been on that short list when when we were looking at replacing when Steve Bruce got the job because I think we had to reach so far down that list of, of, of managerial targets that he probably would have been on that list and um so you know it wouldn't surprise me that he didn't want to didn't want to take that job um for me the next sort of group of managers managers is like the likes of eddie howe and and people have mentioned gerard you know managers who may be perhaps interested in the job now but would also be a good fit should there be a takeover and that would transition quite well and and, and be good managers for the future if for the interim but also when the takeover, if if and when the takeover goes through, um, I think for for Eddie Howe, like like Pete mentioned, the he kind of run his run his course at um, at, at Bournemouth. I think what he did there was uh, phenomenal over over his tenure there, over his two two tenures there. Sorry, um, I think he, he didn't have a very good time at Burnley, but I think he was so used to the the sort of infrastructure and and the way that Bournemouth was run um, that he was always going to. Um, Sort of not not do quite well at Burnley. Any manager that goes in at Burnley has no money to spend ever. And I think what what is the only thing that concerns me with, with Eddie Howe is that he they spent a hell of a lot of money in his time at Bournemouth, um, and he, they weren't able to to stave off relegation again. I don't know if that's a natural sort of progression of that team. And they, like like Pete said, maybe that project run its course, but they, they spent a hell of a lot of money over the last couple of seasons at, at Bournemouth. Um, on quite and quite a few of expensive defenders, quite a few really expensive young players from Liverpool who, who didn't really do anything for them. Um, so it is quite concerning that he wasn't able to to. But I think I think it was one season too many for them. I I, I think they've kind of found their level um, 
you know, I think they were punching above the weight for quite a long time. Uh, but that's down to the credit of his management. Um, for me, it, it, it would be Gerard. I think I think we could. I'm sure we could get Gerard away from from Rangers. I don't think that he's what what more what more can he do there? Obviously, he wants to sort of win the title there and stuff. But what's the point in winning that shit title up there? It's, it doesn't mean anything, does it? Just, the league is the league is is rubbish. So why? I'm I'm sure we could. I'm sure we could pull him away from from there. I think that um, the the issue that we've got is that as much as we loved Rafa's time here at Newcastle, he kind of blew blew the doors wide open and lifted the lid on the way that the club was run. Obviously, people were made aware of that when Keegan left the club. But since then, we've had a string of kind of like yes-men managers who have like just agreed with agreed with the regime and, and fell into line. Um, so that kind of, that controversy around Ashley kind of went away in the, in the kind of managerial sphere. But Rafa blew the lid wide open on it and he kind of, um, he, he kind of, exposed the way that the clubs run he exposed um the, the sort of shortcomings he, he talked about um you know never being able to get in touch with these certain man- with, with the people that he needed to make a decision um that kind of stuff so i think that yeah um any any sort of self-respecting up young and upcoming manager would wouldn't really want to come to us um i'm a, I'm a big fan of, of andre's point really that um looking to emulate what teams have done in, in getting these sort of next upcoming upcoming managers from from the continent from from Germany from that kind of thing um you see that the likes of they, they do it in Germany quite a lot like Dortmund have, have taken managers from from low from low league teams but managers who've showed promise and should have showed like a forward thinking attitude to to the game and they and they've gone on look, look at Klopp and look at Thomas Tuchel and that kind of thing I'd like to I'd be a fan of, of doing something along those lines but again it, I think the um everyone's really well versed in in how Newcastle are run now and the limitations uh that you get if you take that job under Ashley. Yep, uh, thanks for that, mate. Uh, on our Facebook page, uh, NUFC Matters, it's a group. Uh, Paul Atkinson says uh, to say that Steve Bruce worked under Sir Alex, well, he hasn't learned a thing about managing a football club. Um, Owen Wright, and uh, he says uh, he's not learned anything as a defender either. He can't set the team up to keep a clean sheet. Um, Paul Atkinson simply says he hasn't got a clue. Uh, Chris Marshall said, I would say there's some winnable games in our next five games, but I'm struggling to even think where the next points are coming from. Just on the way we're playing, it's all negative at the moment. Uh, Darren Lee Wells says, I can only think of Tesco um, bags Brom as a winnable game. And uh, lots, lots of good points coming on there. So join our Facebook group. Uh, Gareth, Sewell, uh, Gareth Sewell says, uh, flat back four, two mobile centre midfielders. See so Hayden and Longstaff. Fraser and ASM wide with Miggy behind Wilson. Don't play too deep, but attack with pace. Each player should know their position, and all they need to do as well is give 100%. Good point uh, on uh, what he would do to get this team playing. And Brian Henderson says, what happens if he gets at least three wins from them, uh, from these five games? Will you still moan? There's always somebody with the uh, the opposite view, and uh, we're always happy to put alternative views out there. Samantha, I've seen a suggestion for Katie to get uh, the managerial job uh, just because she'd swear at all the players and get them motivated. But uh, joking aside, um, your suggestions for uh, an interim manager? Yeah, I think we need to think think of it as an interim manager. I mean, we could all throw out these these names that we think would be a hundred times better than Steve Bruce. And we also need to remember that Mike Ashley has a scale of between Joe Kinnear and Rafa Benitez. So we could get anything in between that. I on, honestly think it depends what mood he wakes up in the morning is what the fate of our club is going to be like for the next X amount of time. Um, 
for me, same as, same as does. I'm I'm Nigel Pearson. I don't like the guy. I would never have said it until the point of Steve Bruce. But I think he did well for Watford. I think he would ruffle feathers. I think the players need to rock it up their backside um, because they're just they're you know they might be getting set up badly, but that doesn't excuse a lot of the efforts that are being put in. Um, I, you know, Eddie Howe wouldn't be the guy for me either, especially as an interim coach. Uh, I joked on Twitter about Alan Pardew um, because, <laughs> you know, he would get he would get the team playing attacking football. I don't like him. He's an absolute <laughs> arsehole. But he would get that team playing because he has had good performances. Um, you know, so I think it's about the personality that, that we bring in now with that mix of players. I absolutely think there is a split in the squad and that's why we need to be really careful about who we bring in. I think Bruce is as weak as water. I see absolutely no point to him and his coaching staff do much most of the work and they're pretty shit as well. So, um, I mean, if it's me, it's Nigel Pearson, but I, I think someone commented that there's been an article in the Telegraph saying that Mike Ashley's supporting Bruce. That's not a surprise. And to the comment about what if we get three wins in the next five games, we all support the club. We want the club to do well. We want the team to win games. So we would celebrate that um, because that's ultimately what we want. Doesn't mean that Bruce is any better a manager. If it was fluke wins, good wins, it doesn't matter because none of us want the club to be relegated. We're not those fans that say, well, I hope we get beat for the next 10 games so that he'll get sacked. That's not what we want for our club. Um, but we, we do want to see better. And better for me isn't Steve Bruce. But I think it's very slim pickings who would want to come into the club. Um, and that's why I think it'll be a very short list. And it'll be a personality that fits Mike and Lee Charnley, who I also think is useless. Big thanks to Steve Bruce for joining the show. He says he'd recommend Tony Poulos and uh, also says there's a, the squad is poor and it's a lack of spine and too much naivety. Thanks, Steve, for uh, for your input a bit more than you give in the dressing room. Uh, Alva Lee, uh, finally to you, mate. Um, obviously, uh, you know the, the you know the, the, the aftermath of yesterday's game has got everybody very emotional. But this has been going on for months now. People are sick and tired of Steve Bruce and, and what is going on. A lot of people talking about his, his PR. You know, Chris pointed it out. It's one of his worst worst traits. He's not very good being interviewed. And, you know, a lot of people didn't want him in the job in the first place. Me included. It has to be said. Um, you know, where do we go from here? Who would you who would you like to see come in? Life Goals has, has put a little list there together. Level one manager, uh, Kennedy, Holloway, McLaren or Warnock. Level two, Sam Allardyce, Alan Pardew or Tony Poulos. Level three, Howe, Gerard. Level four, Rafa or Pochettino. Level five, Alex Ferguson returns. Um, Nigel Pearson, uh, you know, not many people have jumped in on that one and said that it's a bad idea. And you normally see that on the chat. When one of our panel says something, somebody will jump in. Daz came up with it. Samantha's backed it. I've got to be honest. Nigel Pearson has has a good record for getting people out of relegation positions. What would you say, Alvalid? Who would you who would you bring in as a as a, a an interim manager? Um, I would wish, if I have to wish, I wish if uh, Sir Ferguson will uh, come back. What? But uh, actually, uh, the the question is, Mike Ashley is he? Uh, 
is he feeling in danger yet or not? Because I suppose there is a list of uh, of manager they will, he will uh, he will bring uh, replacing Steve Bruce, but uh, I think this uh, list have two category. Either uh, someone uh, in love with the club, he will say yes without no conditions, because any manager will come right now. He will consider, okay, what if if I take the job now? What after? What about after the takeover? If it happen, or if it's not. So any 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 coach will come now. He will feel it's it's temporarily. Second category is someone seeking any opportunity, no matter what, to coach. And usually these young coaches like like what you are guys saying, like for example Gerard, or or anyone. Uh, last thing, uh, if you, when you have to, when you have to pick any manager, you have to take someone you trust, someone you see him coaching in short period, in long period of time, you see him in difficult times, difficult games, uh, running their uh, their clubs. Uh, Rafa, for uh, last point, for Rafa, I think he will come after after the takeoff. Okay, good stuff. Well, listen, guys and uh, girls, Samantha, thanks for coming on uh, and taking up a little bit of your uh, Sunday afternoon. We can't do anything about it. All we can do is help you get a bit of therapy on a Sunday afternoon and talk about it. Uh, Of course, I will be back uh, tomorrow evening with Samantha and the rest of the girls for ladies' night. Uh, We will be on at half past seven. And again, we will be looking back at the weekend's fixture and uh, talking about uh, what Mike Ashley's going to do over the next few weeks. And uh, plenty to talk about, as always. And with with the takeover, of course, uh, you know, seeming to be getting a a little bit more imminent. There's uh, things change day to day, so it should be an interesting show. As always, we're going to promote the uh, Phone a Friend campaign, which we've promised to promote all the way through uh, November. If you want to call a family member or friend that you haven't spoken to for a while it does make a difference uh, make sure you pick up the phone and speak to somebody you haven't spoken to for a while and uh, as i say that is our campaign for the month of november uh, as i said guys thanks for very much for coming on been an absolute pleasure and look forward to speaking to you later on in the week take care cheers, cheers guys take care guys take care mick quinn here and with another lockdown looming you can understand why people are feeling down a little bit depressed. Newcastle United fans, I'm back and phone a friend. So if you feel that way, pick up the phone, ring a mate, ring a family member, tell them how you feel. Get it off your chest and you'll feel a lot better. I'm back and phone a friend. I'm back and phone a friend. Hello everyone, I'm Stephen Caldwell and I'm backing phone a friend. What we've all got to do is stick together, family and friends. So if you feel a little bit low, a little bit... Uh, not positive about the outcome of the, the day that's coming up and um, just pick up the phone call one of your friends or family little five ten minute chat makes you feel that bit more positive share your thoughts with uh, the person you're speaking to but stay as positive as you can we're going to come out of this and we'll come out of the better so lee clark the cast united i'm back in phone a friend all the very best i'm back Find a friend. Hi everyone, Rob Lee here. There we have it, another lockdown looming for all of us. 
Uh, it can be strange times, people can be very isolated, people can be very depressed. That's why I'm backing Phone a Friend. Liam O'Brien here. I'm backing Phone a Friend. I'm backing Phone a Friend. Please remember, these are very, very tough times for us all. And if you're not feeling well, you're not feeling confident, you're not feeling good, just phone a friend. I'm backing phone a friend. Good morning, this is Warren Barton. I just want to wish you a good day, enjoy your day. And that's a difficult time for everybody at the moment. Uh, if you are feeling isolated, uh, feeling alone, uh, just reach out for someone. You're not on your own, whether it be a, a work colleague, a family member, next door neighbor, maybe even the guy in the, the paper shop um, just reach out to them you're not alone um, we know we want to try and support our team and concentrate on something else but at this difficult time uh, just reach out for someone there's someone there to support you and i wish you all the best take care i'm back and phone a friend